Hi, my name is Jamie Lynch, and you are listening to Eating Habits, my podcast about everything restaurants. I will explore the human element of the hospitality business, and I'll talk to the who's who in restaurants, explore their stories, and hear what's on their minds in the ever-changing landscape of the food and beverage industry. Hello, I'm Lindsay Moser. I am a food content creator, and you are listening to Eating Habits. Great job. What's up? <laughs> What's up? How are you? I'm awesome. The Hunger Diaries is in the house. In the house. <laughs> in the so plan. a food content creator. Is that? Wow. If, you know I'm going to throw out the dirty word, right? Influencer? Nope. <laughs> you know, do you know the one I'm going to throw out? Uh, blogger? Close. You're getting closer. Oh, geez. What is it? Muck banger. Oh, muck banger. I know. It just sounds bad. You know? It does sound bad. Have the word bang in it. It's just, and muck. I mean, yeah, it's like. Combined. <laughs> but I like, I like food content creator or food. What would you call it? Yeah, food content creator. I've kind of like, I really don't ever know what to call myself because yeah. it all sounds weird. It all sounds like, what do you really do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Real job. <laughs> Okay, so so you and I first met at a real job back in Atlanta. Um, we kind of worked at the same restaurant, um, and you were bartending back in the day. And I remember you had—I think it was an, it was on Instagram. I think was the main your like your main uh, avenue at that point, right? Right, and that's that's when I like first started like my whole journey. I guess I had started it maybe like a year before that, just sort of fiddling with it but I was in residential real estate and it was sort of just like this thing that I had started on the side and I met Shane and Shane got into Georgia Tech's business school I decided to move to Atlanta be like I'm not going to be a realtor anymore I am pursuing my food dream and but I was broke so I (laughs) needed to be able to make money and it was certainly wasn't happening with the food yet the food, you know, content creation yet. So, um, yeah. What year? What year was that? What year was that that you started doing it? Was like it was like was it 2015 or 16? Yeah, like one of them. I feel like somewhere around there. I think it was 2016, if I had to guess. And don't be mad, but I may have never worked a bartending job in my life and said that I had. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did an awesome job, so who cares? You know, I thought I did a great job. I'm a quick learner, and it was definitely a. Um, I was so grateful to be able to do that because I I could survive off of a bartending salary, and I had served tables for, you know, during college and after college, and I really was not. It, it wasn't my thing that I really wanted to keep doing. Bartending was much more fun, so. So, so what started the food journey? Like, so like, how did you get interested in food and particularly eating? And then what made you think like, Hey, it would be super cool to like record myself eating for people. Like how did, how did this like evolve into a thing? Yeah. So, um, when it first started, like Instagram was really new. I mean, not really new. I guess it'd been around for like four or five years. Um, I had never really considered it as something that I could start. Somebody else ended up approaching me that was also in real estate. I had just come out of like a kind of bad breakup and she's like, oh my gosh, we should do a food blog together. And I'm like, food blog. I love food. Like, and my history with food has always been strong. Like I had, I've always been a big eater. Always. I want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've always loved, just loved food. All of my travel was always centered around food. My mom is always known as like a great cook to my whole family growing up. So it was just something that I was passionate about. So when she was like, let's start a food blog, I was all in. I'm like, this sounds amazing. Um, unfortunately, you know, sometimes it doesn't end up working out with business partners, as you know. Um so Familiar. it ended up working out with us. I was like, you know what? Screw this. I still want to do this. And so I just, you know, rebranded, you know, came up with the Hunger Diaries, started my own Instagram. 
Um, and it's sort of just evolved from there. It started with pictures. You know, everyone was taking pictures for a while. Yep. And and then uh, while I was in Atlanta, I tried out for a Food Network show while I was working at your restaurant by mm -hmm. church and somehow made it onto the show. So that's actually why I ended up leaving Five Church is because I had to take like a really long stint to go and film that. And then I just decided to like be with Shane for the summer in, in Boulder um, because I knew when I came back, I wasn't going to have that much time before we ended up having to move for his like permanent job. So um, after I did the Food Network show, I became super interested in doing video, being in front of the camera, trying to get more comfortable with that whole process. So that's when I started my YouTube channel and sort of just started messing around with things. And probably like a year or so into being in Minnesota, I'm like, you know, I need to figure out something different that I can do that sets me apart from everybody else because everyone was just kind of doing the same thing. And so I did a deep dive and like, I, I love to learn things. Like I, education is, if I'm ever feeling like uninspired, I'm like, let me just dive into some education, some like free webinars or YouTube videos or whatever. And I always end up picking up like a little tidbit of something here and there, right? So I ended up finding this like keywords everywhere, Google Chrome extension that like lets you see like how many search results for every single thing. So I would just started like looking up all of these different things and like stumbled upon mukbang. And this is before, this is before people really like, I feel like it's much more well known now. But this is like, I had never seen anything like this before. I ASMR, I had never heard of ASMR before. And that's huge now. Um, and I just thought to myself, I can't stop watching this. It feels like primal almost. Leans towards fetishy if you're doing it in, in a certain way. <laughs> but I thought to myself, eating is my favorite part. I don't know why I wouldn't do something like this, you know, like if I'm enjoying watching other people and, you know, it brings a certain value to the viewer as well. Like it's the reason muk mukbang actually loosely translates to eating broadcast in Korean mm -hmm. and it was a way for them to feel less lonely. You know, they would broadcast themselves. People would donate towards their channel. People would be able to eat together, you know. So I love just the whole concept of it, even though it looked weird as hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, it, and it, at that time, like it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't big in the U.S. at that point. Right. Like this was uh, I think it started in like South Korea or something. Right. I, I did a little research on that. I, I think it was like 2010 or 2011, like early 2000s, 10s is when it kind of started in South Korea. So like around the time that you started doing this, I mean, it's fairly new in the U.S., right? Yeah, and not too many people. I mean, a lot of people have started incorporating more eating into their content. I think sure. a lot of people were like, gosh, you make all this food, but like, do you even eat it to like a lot of these creators? And so I think right. that the mukbang was like a very easy way for people to be like, yeah, she's she's making the food and she's like actually eating it, you right. know, not just like and it, pretending or, or whatever. And most of your food is like these giant bowls of pasta or like, oversized triple cheeseburg bangers like you eat big food big cheesy gooey food um <laughs> you know i've always kind of well i think people in general love that like indulgent food i think that journey for me has definitely evolved as well but as far as like the large portions um it's always like if you watch like mukbangs like full videos I noticed that a lot of people weren't actually, they don't finish the food. They're just trying a lot of different things. They try something, but it's like the presentation of it, you know? Right. And I've always been the person that I'm cooking for four, whether it's just me or whether it's four people. You're not the only one. Chefs yeah. do that too. I cook for 20 at home. <laughs> it's me and my fiance and I'm cooking for like a barbecue. Right, exactly. So that and that's how my mom did it too. She just made way too much food all the time. And if I'm making especially something like a mac and cheese, like I'm not gonna make a baked mac and cheese this big. I'm gonna make it this big and I'm gonna have leftovers because I love leftovers. So 
right. I just figure I'm going to make these beautiful presentations, these large portions, and then I'll eat till I'm done and call it a day. So I don't actually eat everything in front you of you. Do, but you do a good job. You put a big dent in it. I watched I watched a couple I watched a couple of your episodes um, the other night. And I, and I think it was like your it was like your mac and cheese and feta joint that you did. You went to town on that thing. I was impressed. I was like, there you go. Like, show them how it's done. You know, some things, yeah, I can really throw down on. And mac and cheese is definitely one of them. And pasta, mac and cheese, just, yes, I love it. And I can So what, what is your favorite thing to eat? Not on, just generally. Just just generally speaking, you're, you're the thing that, like, speaks to your soul that's like, oh, my God, if that that's what that's what comforts me when I need to eat or when I need Definitely to feel pasta. I mean, pasta. I, I just love pasta. I love the texture of pasta, like really chewy pasta. It's always okay. so comforting. Um, so you don't like that overcooked? Oh no, crab. No, you want some al dente. You want a little bite. You want your bites oh, back yeah. a little bit. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. Nice. No, I love. That's probably like my favorite texture. I mean, I love, I love crunchy food too, but I like love chewy. Mm-hmm. chewy so pasta and pasta just always feels like a, like a big hug. Yeah, totally. So what if, so what, what pasta, what, what's your favorite dish, your pasta dish recipe that you've come across? Um, so I, I honestly, I love like simple classics, like carbonara is like one of my favorite, favorite Ooh, Talk to me about it. How do you do your carbonara? <laughs> Carbon- Cause there's so many, like there's so many, there's so many schools of thought on this, right? Like. There's, there's, you know. Well, not according rest. to Italians. <laughs> What's that? School, I said not according to Italians. There is one school of thought. <laughs> okay, educate. Let's hear. Well, it. I mean, if you're not using guanciale and, you know, pecorino and eggs and and that's it with their yep. pasta, like then it's not carbonara and like blasphemy. If yes. You, you know, obviously in the states we use bacon and pancetta. Yeah. Sometimes I use parm. They put cream in there. What are they doing? Anytime what are they doing? And carbonara, I'm like, what? It's not though. Though oh, I do like make like variations of carbonara, and I made a creamed corn carbonara, which felt like it felt like an okay exception to the rule. And it was, I mean, whether it was carbonara or it wasn't, it was absolutely <laughs> delicious. Um, but yeah, I just love the basic carbonara, just the eggs, pecorino parmesan, or a combination, and some form of bacon guanciale you know yeah. pork fatty pork to go with it yeah um, i like i like i like the guanciale i like the 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 cured jowl mm. it's less it's less aggressive than the bacon like the smoked bacon is delicious and i and i it's a, i have a soft spot for for the bacon but i think for that preparation the cured jowl is like the way to go and my yeah it kind of lets everything else be there too yeah you can overpowering yeah. yeah, the 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 flavor the flavors layer better mm-hmm. with it. Like with the smoked bacon, it's a little it's a little it's it's powerful, right? It, it sometimes like you can't it get is. the egginess. You don't you know it, it kind of softens some of those other flavors. Yeah, I mean it's it still certainly doesn't suck. <laughs> you know, it's pasta but, for God's you know. sake. It's not going right. to suck. Exactly. So let's, so let's talk about your process, okay? If you're making uh, carbonara. Okay. Yeah. What, what's your what's your process? You've got all your you've got all your mise en place, you know, set up, ready to go. Pasta goes in the water. Well, and- when I'm when I make carbonara, um, I guess I I either would render my bacon or guanciale or whatever I'm using first and just have that out of the way. I kind of get stressed out in the kitchen, so I have to do things that I know aren't going to be like super time sensitive. Mm-hmm. So I get that done, then I'll like mix my eggs and my cheese, the raw eggs and the cheese together, whisk that up. Mm-hmm. And then I'll turn the heat back on low, have my my pasta ready to go in directly into um, the pan with the bacon in it, give it a toss, take it off the heat, add the eggs and the cheese, and just sort of give it a really, really fast toss, add a little pasta water, um, mm-hmm. you know, until it's like creamy and delicious looking. Awesome. That's the way. <laughs> That's, That's the, way. the way, right? <laughs> That's the way. I always like to do mine. Um, whenever I do carbonara, I always do it in a, in a bowl. I don't do it in the pan. 
I always go, yeah. I always, I always cook the eggs with the hot pasta in the bowl. That's my. I've done that before too. And you know, it's, it's more foolproof that way because then you don't have eggs making contact with the hot pan, possibly scrambling. So yeah. Makes sense. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a scrambler of eggs if I go into a hot pan. Yeah. Or I'll mix some of the pasta water with, the, like, temper the eggs with mm. the cheese. And it's a nice move. And add it. Yeah. It's a nice move. You got to make <laughs> sure that that pasta water is boiling, though, when you do it. So you get that, you know, the heat of that water. Right. It's got to be, like, fresh out the pot. All right. All right. Well, I'm getting hungry. I'm getting hungry. We should have <laughs> made a bowl. We should have made a bowl of carbonara. I did, like, a cheese. We should have to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to do like a little, we'll have to do like a little teaser for, for uh, Instagram or something. <laughs> awesome. Um, cool. So you said you get frazzled in the kitchen a little bit. So, so this isn't a cooking exercise so much as it's a food and eating exercise And the cooking sounds like it might be secondary. It, you know, I enjoy cooking when I have, I think that the mo- most of the time when I'm cooking now, I associate with filming. And I'm I'm a one woman show. I film. I'm I'm like I'm the cameraman. I'm the on screen personality. I'm the the cook. I'm I'm playing all of these different parts, and and that for me is is pretty stressful. Um, so if I don't have all of that going on, and I'm just cooking by myself for myself, it's definitely less stressful. Um, but yeah, I eventually I need to just hire somebody <laughs> to help me. Yeah. It's tough because I'm very particular and I'm not afraid to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's your pa- it's your passion project. That's understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, what what all does it take to do all that? I mean, you know, it, it it's a lot to do production, right? I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot to cook well. You know, yeah. to cook well, um, especially time sensitive foods, which I love, and I do. Yeah. Feel- carbonara but it's like an oh my god like i've i've almost got to like smoke a little weed before i start <laughs> nice is that your is that your is that your you know your um bit of a secret sauce or whatever yeah i yeah something i don't like i don't feel good about drinking to do it so i would rather just like smoke something weed. natural and then i'm like okay let's do it <laughs> let's get it i need to get to the end of this so i can eat this bowl Right, exactly. Or and I'll do before I start eating to sit down and eat too, because I feel like it just loosens me up. Yeah, so, you know. Otherwise, I'm like stiff. So does it does it feel natural to you now to eat in front of the camera? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Was it always that way, or or was it kind of like what was it like at the beginning? Like when you first started, when you when you first like you know what I'm gonna try this mukbang thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna film. I'm going to feel myself slopping down like a spaghetti sauce. Incredibly awkward. Incredibly yeah. awkward. I mean, and I, at first I was just doing them at home and it was awkward. I'm like, I'm talking to a video camera, first of all, just like getting, getting used to just talking to a camera by yourself and not feeling crazy. Right. And, you know, and then <laughs> just to give you like what set the scene here, I lived at a townhouse in Minnesota, which is where I started mukbang and the townhomes, there were like two rows that kind of like the garages faced each other. So like my kitchen window, which is where I shot everything, backed up to somebody else's kitchen window. And so I was shooting, shooting, shooting. And then I would pull up this this table, which was probably like at this height. I'm sitting on the ground right now. And like a tiny ass little stool. So I'd sit there with my camera, my big ass camera. <laughs> and they could see, like I had the, the blinds wide open, obviously, for all the natural light I could get. And I have no idea what my neighbors were thinking the whole time. I'm like, this isn't just me <laughs> being awkward eating in front of the camera. This is like me exposing myself to my entire neighborhood right now. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder what they were thinking, right? Like, 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 what is up with this? Child? I always wonder. And some of my neighbors, I never even spoke to. Like, I saw them look at me several times. So I'm like, they know I'm here. They know what what weirdness is going on, but they never, never spoke to me. <laughs> I like, I imagine them like voyeurs watching you get out of your car with your groceries like looking out the window like what has she got what is she, i know right they're like wearing doing? their sunglasses so they can, i can't see like, exactly where they're looking <laughs> but it got even weirder when i left the house because i started doing these videos out like i'd go for youtube i'd go out to restaurants and start trying the food there start trying to like 
you know, rectify yeah. that with yourself. You've got like all of these different people in the restaurant looking at you, the waiter's confused. Like I would have to just like put my camera down and be like, hi, I'm going to be filming and you can just come over whenever you want. Don't be afraid, blah, blah, blah. I had to like, you know, just end up having this spiel with people. Otherwise they're like, they would yeah. never <laughs> Freaked out. Did, yeah. Were 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 people receptive to that kind of thing, or were there were there any ever any um any situations where people did not want you to film or gave you a hard time about it? Actually, um, yes. Shockingly, at um, you know Matt's bar in Minneapolis, the originator of the Juicy Lucy. I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay, so I and this wasn't even me filming myself eating. I just I came with my with a nice camera and I wanted to take a picture of their Juicy Lucy. This is like right before I started mukbang and and they were like, we don't allow that in here. I'm like, but why? Your food's so good. What are you afraid of? The Internet's here. It's not going anywhere. People are going to say something about you, whether they have a picture of it or not, you know, like. But, you know, you have to respect this private property at the end of the day. Right, right. I think in general, like people like to have a bit of of warning and your level of calmness and um, accommodation might get matched, you know, in return. If you're just like, you know, if you're like, this is your house. Is it okay? This is what I'd like to do. And then people, I think, are much more receptive. Cool. Now you're comfortable, right? Eating it from the camera. Um, how many how many followers do you have? How big how big is your your following? Um, across platforms, it's like two point one or two point two million. That is huge, dude! Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have Do you have any Do you have any like sense of of like What's your demographic? Who are the people? Is it is it is it Americans? Is it are you finding people overseas? Or the into platform. It? Um, yeah, I've, I'm definitely a global person. Um, Instagram, especially. Um, I think it's because I started mukbang so early, and Americans weren't like kind of in like that zone yet of wanting to watch that stuff. That I have a lot of people from the other side of the world watching me. Um, TikTok, mostly mostly people from the U.S. or just like English speaking countries. Uh, YouTube sort of in the middle, uh, but it's mostly women, which I think a lot oh, really? of people are surprised by. They think that is interesting. You're a cute girl. You're eating on camera. It seems like something like a guy would want to watch. But no, it's right. like 80 percent women um, and they're typically younger, but mostly like 20s, 30s. Oh, that's great. You got a you got, you got a young clientele who'll be with you for a long time. Yeah, they'll, they'll grow with me. They'll age with me. <laughs> yeah, they, no. Right. Not only you guys keep eating those huge bowls of pasta, though, man. You're gonna age the wrong way. Well, so. <laughs> well, we gotta talk about up. we gotta talk about that because you're yeah. you're pretty fit. You work out a lot. You're in good shape. Yeah. How do how do you maintain? Like, how often are you filming? How uh, often are you doing these things? Well, first of all, um, when I started, I was definitely like not being very healthy about it. I felt a lot of pressure to eat as much as I could. Or maybe I was trying to prove something to myself because I literally throughout my childhood was always known as the big eater. Like my my friends' parents wouldn't let me come over for dinner. They didn't make enough for eight people they made enough for four people <laughs> yep. so i was always like whoa this isn't enough like i right. I, so I, four. I had a reputation <laughs> to to keep you know yeah. but i'm like this doesn't feel good when i was eating even though, though i loved the food that i was eating i was just like this is too much so i had to to, to scale it back and say all right this is your show you do whatever the fuck you want you know you're going to eat until you feel good and then you're going to stop. And in addition to that, like I started becoming very in tune with like nutrition and what my body needs. I'm a five foot, 320 something pound female that is 
you know, burning such and such amount of calories a day with a workout, you know, that's that's how many calories I should be consuming. You know, I shouldn't be going over and above that. So I started learning a lot about what was in my food, a lot about macros and micro micronutrients and like just trying to be aware of what I was putting into my body to match like what it needed. Um, and so I after starting to do that, it became much more enjoyable. Um, I was able to very much like maintain um, filming, you know, those big videos like a couple times a week. Even though, again, like I'm not going well above what I should normally be eating in a day, I'll just typically, depending on what the video is, supplement with whatever I might need. So if it's like a lower protein, lower fiber dish that I have, then I would supplement with something that was like low calorie, high protein, high fiber. I've got like these these protein bars that have like 15 grams of fiber, 20 grams of protein, 200 calories. Those are like beautiful blackberries really high in fiber those are like one of my go-tos also um but now a lot of my content is shifted towards being like much more nutritionally balanced not to say that they're low fat because they're not i'm a huge proponent of using butter real butter and real cheese and cream and like i i love those foods and i believe that they can coexist with other foods that are you know have other kinds of nutrition and I'm un- I'm aware that, you know, cheese also has nutrition and people yeah. just like label these foods as bad. I don't think they're bad. I just think we need to look at them more objectively and know what they have and what we need and like take that into consideration when you plan out like what you're eating in a day. Yeah. I think that's a great message, you know, and I think it's great that you're doing that, right? Like, because those foods are like, they're so enjoyable. Like there's a reason that butter and cheese and like these amazing carbs like they they you know that there's a reason that those things like speak to your soul exactly you you shouldn't starve your soul exactly and your soul always wins people going on these diets they restrict themselves from like all of these foods that they love and then they binge because they miss it so much and I find that doing what I'm doing, like I never restrict. If I want to have chocolate, I have chocolate. If I want to have cheese, I have cheese. I'm just smart about amounts. And then yeah. I never feel like I have to binge on anything. You know, my soul is always satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. More of us need to be that way for sure. I think um, so. so how 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 many times a week do you film an episode? Um, it depends. Or how frequently, I guess. Yeah. So these past couple of weeks have kind of been crazy because I, I came out with some new macaroni and cheese like merch. So I, I filmed like four mac and cheese videos in two weeks. I saw that. I want some mac and cheese merch, by the way. Well, it's on sale till tomorrow. <laughs> till tomorrow? I got to jump on there? All right. Yeah. I'll get in there. Um, it's on my link in bio. I'm really <laughs> bad at, at, at promoing myself. <laughs> we'll, put a, we'll put a link in the show notes to get people over there. Okay. Oh, but it, it won't be on sale. Oh, yeah, it probably won't be on sale after you. That's all right. Um, We'll come out with a new merch later this year. So, Do you have a store? Do you have a store on your website? Um, I partner with a company called Flavor Gallery. They're great. Um, They handle all of, like, the distribution, sales. They have the website. Um, So, yeah, I don't don't deal with any of that myself. I have for my my fitness program, because I started a fitness program in 2020. um, I have a little t-shirt shop for that on Shopify. Cool. But it's like, I don't even think it's active right now. I did it like a year ago and then it was like, yeah. <laughs> so, fit, so fitness is a big, is a big thing for you. You're- yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people like you ask me like how I'm able to like eat and stay in shape. And I felt like it's not like that simple of an answer. So I put together a bunch of resources, like a, a macro calculator. And like, I have all of these lists of foods high and like different macronutrients and micronutrients and like how many calories they have and like other other nutritional resources and then I also have workouts on there too I figured you know I'm active and I have like a strategy for eating so I just sort of put it all into one place um and started yeah a fitness is, program. That, is that stuff all available on your website or is do you uh, have how, how do you offer that to to followers or 
or people? Uh, yeah, so it's in, I have like one of those link trees in my bio. So if you go to that, it's not there right now because of the t-shirt thing and there's just, there's just too many links. It's like, <laughs> gotta take it off. You're on the link on overload. Or off sale, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's usually at my my link in bio. Um, it's got its own Instagram page, but it was just too much. It was I was too overwhelmed trying to create content for that page and the Hunger Diaries and everything else. So, um, but yeah, it is active. It is active. We have it's like boutique, you know, the fancy way of saying small. We've got like a hundred hundred or so members. Um, I do the workouts live every morning, which has been like the best thing for me because I always. And keeps you on <laughs> keeps you on task, right? right. Like you my know, like ability buddy. Well, I think that's the hardest thing about working out. I and mean, my fiance and I, we're we've been kind of on these workout routines, trying to get you know we're getting married in October, so we're trying to get all of our like fitness in, get all Yay. looking sharp. Um, and accountability is like the hardest part. You know, it's like somebody to be like, hey, are you going today? Like, what are you doing? You know, right. and um, you know that accountability to get into the gym and do the work. That's yeah. good. Yeah, ever since I started doing this, and I I do them literally right here. Mm -hmm. This is my yoga mat. <laughs> yeah, that's your workout spot. That's my workout spot, and my bed's right there. So I look <laughs> just roll out of bed and yeah. workouts, and they're like twenty to thirty minutes long, and I feel so happy afterwards that I've just gotten it over with at the beginning of the day. And I yep. I don't drink coffee; it gives me tons of energy. Um, so I love it. Nice. Um. What uh, are you, do you just do like mostly like, a, um, like, is it like a yoga workout? Do you use weights? What's your, what's your go-to kind of, um, so I, change it up? I used to do CrossFit, um, for, I don't know, like five, six years and I loved it. It was really intense though. And I really hated having to drive to and from. So I, I figured out how to do like CrossFit style work, though I can't, um, They'll sue me if I say it's CrossFit workouts, uh, but we do like not that, CrossFit, right? Not CrossFit workouts, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they're kind of like the same style. Like I don't know if you've ever done CrossFit, but like four time workouts, EMOMs, AMRAPs, Tabata. Sounds hardcore. That sounds hardcore. I'm like a dumbbell. I'm like a dumbbell like crunch. Well, guy. I've just got like I've got twelves. I've got eights. I've got some like ankle weights and wrist weights and some resistance bands. This is my like box for box jumps and step ups and gotcha. uh, it's not super intense there's no like barbells involved and there's no pull-ups or gymnastics like there is in like regular crossfit so it's definitely a much more like approachable version and it's still hard it's you know it's hard as you want to make it yes yeah. so how i want to get back to the the, the filming of the content yeah because i've done a little bit of that not for any sort of just like for my social media and stuff like that. And um, we'll play around with like cooking videos and cool content. How long does it take for you to put together one of your, your episodes? They're really well done. They're well, they're like well um, edited and the lighting's good. Sounds good. Like you have a good production quality to it. So like how, yeah, you're welcome. How, how do you, like how, how does that, how does it go from, you know, the idea in your head how long does that take to put it together and then have it released on your? The uh, the ideas in my head are probably the, the worst part, honestly. I've got a, a list like so long of all of these ideas. Deciding on what to do is is hard for me, you know, trying to figure out does is this, you know, fit with my brand? Is this something that everybody else would like? Is this something that I really want to eat um, slash cook? You know, um, once I figured out the concept I, you know, obviously have to go shop for the food and it takes me, it depends on the recipe, but it takes me anywhere from like three to five or six hours to shoot. Um, I've got two different cameras. I've got one that's straight ahead and another angled down that again, I am the camera person for. So I have to like go and start each one. So the recording, I have an editor, so I, you know, have to like be my own little director so it makes the editing process easier for her um she just does my youtube videos but it's like i have to think about like what are the the sweet spots of each part of this recipe process you know um, in photography they call it like the hero if you're taking a photo 
and maybe it's a burger with like the cheese like dripping down the side like the hero is that cheese like dripping down the side like highlight that you know so it's about trying to think about like what what's the best thing to highlight at each stage and then also what angle is the best way to highlight that <laughs> which can be tricky with my current like studio setup i don't necessarily have every angle available to me so right. it's uh it's challenging but it's rewarding at the end of it to have put something great together and it usually takes like between going back and forth with my editor it's like a couple days or so um to have them like edited and and then i have to i edit down my teasers for instagram so that's like another hour to an hour and a half um and then posting so i mean it's kind of a lengthy process it looks yeah. you know everything so, looks i mean it would take you like a full like a full work week to get something together is that yeah. is that and fair to say two, some two full youtube videos would would occupy a lot of my week for yeah. sure but then i have to think about short form content um right. you know that's like instagram reels and tiktok and now youtube shorts um and now pinterest <laughs> started now facebook is like and i'm just like oh my gosh i yeah. how many <laughs> how many yeah. platforms can we get to here really so what are your thoughts on that do you have are you starting to feel the crunch are you like okay where is my where is my threshold and yeah listen i think everybody because there are so really many benefits now. nobody really benefits from spreading themselves too thin so unless you're po putting the same piece of content everywhere like some some creators really are. I mean, they just have short form content and they're putting it everywhere. And that's great. You know, if I did that, I'd be able to take one or two days to shoot a day to edit and have like the rest of the week off, essentially, or just to like really like grind it and have a video come out like every single day. It's just not a way that I can live. Um, so, yeah, I've got to think about both both forms of content and hopefully trying hopefully being able to take the long form and use it for short form but i gotta edit in a different way it's it's a lot to it's it's a lot yeah at what point at what point did this become your career like when at what point did you say hey you know what this is it's lucrative enough for me to like not have a second job or not have to work at night or whatever and just focus on your content um so when we were in when we moved to Minnesota, I decided I was not going to take a service industry job because I wanted to be able to just create content. So we we had a, another room in our house or in our townhouse, and I just I Airbnb'd it for a while until we had a terrible experience, and I will never do that again. Um, <laughs> but, but it helped until I was able. I think it was like a year, <clears throat> a year maybe two after we moved. Yeah, it was probably like two years after we moved to Minnesota that I'm like, okay, I can I can support myself now. It's not hugely comfortable, but I can support myself off of it. And now it's, you know, it's continued to grow into a definitely six figure situation. Um, Fantastic. Hey, the babe, we're money than shame last year. All right, hi there. <laughs> Step up his game a little bit. No That's. That's awesome, man. You're like a huge star now. I mean, that's, of, I don't know about that. But. Speaking of stars, well, you're getting there. You've got over 2 million followers. Yeah. I, I, would I, say, I, I would say, I would say that's pretty good. In my, in my book, you're a star. It's not that. Thank you. I think yeah. a lot of that came from the, some viral TikTok trends. Um, and, you know, now it's TikTok's a funny space. Uh, you know, you, I went from having like a lot of views all the time to having like virtually none, which even on Instagram is something that I'm not used to. You know, sometimes you take a long break, you post and the algorithm has to kind of like get used to you again. Oh, you're here. Oh, I, yeah. Welcome back. But you still have your follower base and it still ends up showing it to like a decent amount of people. TikTok is just not it's like they don't at least right now. I, I think the algorithm is very much about um momentum and when you have that momentum it's great and you as long as you keep it going you'll keep that momentum and maybe grow it um but if something breaks in that momentum and you know i've had a few occasions where i definitely like stopped and you know it just 
tank your your viewer <laughs> yeah. viewership or whatever. Yeah. Do you, how much do you spend any like kind of time worried about thinking about algorithms? Do you do you let that like creep into your your thought process, or do you just try to kind of keep on a rhythm? Or what's like it's how much how much weight do you put in it? Yeah. You know, it's it's your job, and even though my a isn't necessarily associated with views. Like I, I mean, I do make a little bit of money from YouTube ad revenue, um, but all of my money comes from brand deals. You know, so I mean, that does in a sense matter. I mean, your engagement matters for how much you're getting paid in those brand deals. Your following matters for how much you're getting paid. So I think growth is the idea, so that you continue to get paid more and more and you know grow your engagement and your following to make more and more money yep so it's hard to not completely yeah so it's always kind of in the back of your mind like how much you know how how juiced into the algorithm am i at any right i mean again momentum has always been the name of the game for me something will happen it wouldn't matter what the fuck i posted it would do well because i had that momentum and then other times it's like you post this, the most amazing thing ever that you know people would love, but it's just that you're not on that that trajectory, you know. Is, is there any strategy that you have or that you've identified that you can um, kind of sink back into the algorithm if you're on a hiatus, or is it just is it just repetition? Like, is uh, there anything? Is there any like buzzword key like material that will get you back into the I think that for me, something that I, and I keep having to remind myself of this is quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. Be intentional with the the things that have done well for you in the past. Like look at what works and do more of that type mm-hmm. thing, you know? Yeah. And you can build up your momentum doing that, but it is so easy to get caught in that whole like wheel of, I need to produce more content. I need to have a video every day. I haven't posted in three days I just need to put something out and then that's when the content can suffer because you're not necessarily putting out your best yeah you're not it's not quality stuff. energy and it's not where it should be and but you're just putting it out anyways because you you need to put something out and I think that's that's the struggle that I'm sure a lot of people go through but it's certainly something that I go through sure and you know and I'm sure I feel like that that kind of parallels a lot of all the other creative um outlets out there right like you know you, you know when you're creative it's you you want people to consume your stuff right whether it's food or it's art or it's music or whatever and it's you know it's that that tricky balancing act right and as an artist i do i i consider myself a creative you know you you feel like you have to be better like your next thing has to be better than the last it's like I don't know. I, I feel like I'm pretty hard on myself. I think a lot of other like artists, whatever, you know, field that they're in are like that too. It just, it has to be better. It has to be, I don't know. Is there Can ever I a, is, be more zen? <laughs> is there going to be a point? I was just going to ask you, is there going to be a point where you are comfortable with that and like not trying to push and you're just like, you know what? I've made it. This is where I'm at. This is what it's about. Yeah. I think, I think that happiness is contentness and and the feeling of being grateful for everything you have and and how far you've come and acknowledging that as often as possible because I I have the tendency to just forget, you know, five years, six years, seven years ago, my goal was 100,000 followers or to make $100,000. You know, you put these arbitrary goals in your head but once you hit them you're like why am i not happy like why is this not you know what's next oh now it's five hundred (laughs) thousand you know and it's not you know so it's like i feel like it's okay to want to make more money it's okay to want to have more followers but i think the name of the game is to just decide to be happy and grateful no matter what stage you're at and then you'll be happy no matter where you are I like it. I'm all about I'm all about the path, you know, being the 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 reward, not the the finish line, you know, because yeah. I was that way, too. I think I was always as a young cook and as a young chef, I was always very 
goal oriented. I need, I want my own restaurant. I want this, I want that, this award, whatever. And as you start to accumulate those rewards or, or getting to those goalposts, you realize that not much has changed, you know? Right. Um, and so that's a good, it's a good note. And I think, you know, it's about doing the thing that you love or the things that make you happy or, you know, fulfill you along the way is where the happiness lies, I think. Exactly. And I think for me, like, I do enjoy the journey in that I, you know, if I take a look at where I was five years ago, again, I've learned so much, you know, I love that that education journey has been there for me. I feel like I've grown as a person, you know, I've, I've dealt with my fair share of, of difficult situations and become stronger. You know, there's a lot of things that I've been grateful for with the process. I think stress is something, again, that I still try to manage um, throughout and that I know would make make the, the process, the creating process so much easier for me um, and so much more fun. So I think that's just something that I'll I'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely going to be a hire of some kind. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to ask you about the 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 piece of content or the the video or the thing that you're most proud of like what has there been a has there been a a you know um a piece of content that you've put out that you were like damn dude you fucking nailed it like that is that's what it's all about or have you are you are you the kind of person that at the end you're like man I could have done that better like oh of course I mean there's always things that I'm like well yeah that could have been tweaked a little bit here or there I mean there's there's several short form like pasta videos that I've like loved how they've turned out. Um, it's really hard to say. I mean, some recipes just crush it. And I'm like, wow, that was a really great idea. I'm really happy with that idea. Like one of my most popular YouTube videos is a um, roasted fall vegetable Alfredo, you know, there's like <laughs> kind of like a, uh, a buzzword. Yeah. Alfredo. Um, but it was so delicious and it, I feel like it really stood for for me in that like I'm taking something indulgent. I'm not using freaking a cream substitute. I'm using cream and I'm adding all of these roasted vegetables into it and boosting the flavor, boosting the nut nutrition and everybody fucking loved it. I'm like, this is amazing, you know, and still like every I don't know why it had a bump like a month ago, roasted fall vegetable Alfredo, maybe on the other side of the world because it's 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 fall, fall over there. Yeah, it's yeah. fall. Over there. <laughs> it's fall in the southern hemisphere right now. Right, exactly. But yeah, in Australia, they're crushing those root vegetables. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's short form videos too that I've that I've loved, and honestly, like when I I when we were in Minnesota, my kitchen setup it was small. I'm like, man, I can't wait to have a better setup this little rinky dink like table like one with the fold out legs that I was using like it just stayed in our kitchen like I didn't take it out it just stayed in our kitchen like this is not a situation I want to be with forever but the lighting was just incredible and I loved being able to film there um and now I have to use artificial lights most of the time being here um which is not something that I will have to do I'm like designing my kitchen in Colorado specifically for what I do. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to the content that I'm going to get to film there. Um, but yeah, I've always loved photography. So anything that just like really looks beautiful from that photography videography standpoint are the things that like make me the happiest. Oh, that's awesome. Do you end up like, do you break down and set up your gear like every time you, you get, you're doing content or do you just leave, is your kitchen just like rigged with with well so we're actually we're staying with my my parents um while we're in florida and so absolutely not um and i i, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't leave the cameras and everything's like i mean in minnesota i had them pushed to the corner of the kitchen next to the table that i used here there everything is in another room i mean i don't need a table i just do everything at the countertop which is amazing um but yeah i've got to take out I have two separate lights. I have a ring light and then a secondary light. Um, I have both cameras. I have to move things from the back counter so it's not so cluttered. Yeah. Uh, what else? I mean, in, in addition to getting like my mise en place, 
done and getting all of that set up. And yeah, so there's a lot of setup and a lot of cleanup. <laughs> so I, wanna, I wanted to ask you about that. What kind of cook are you in the kitchen? Are you the clean, meticulous cook? Or are you like the bomb went off, there's herbs all over the floor kind of cook? Definitely not the the bomb went off. I mean, sometimes sometimes I let it get to be a little bit too much, but the more messy it gets, the more stressed out I get. So I'm typically one of those like clean after every stage or at least like get myself organized and put things in the sink and get them like soaking or, or whatever. But I, I hate I hate having a dirty work work space. space yeah. yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Mother's daughter. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like such an oxymoron. Like I'm so like, I am so meticulous about my mise en place and stuff, but I'm also like when I'm cooking at home, like it's, it's completely different than when I cook in the restaurants, right? In the restaurants, I'm very meticulous, everything's spotless, but at home I'm like on a deadline, right? I'm like, oh, we have to have dinner in like 30 minutes. And it's just like, I destroy kitchen like poor Corey comes in and she's just like you know i just see the just the fear and (laughs) like oh my god what is happening in here do i am i responsible for this do i have to clean this the answer is no i'm surprised that i do you cook a lot when you're at home because i feel like for me with with my filming like i don't even want to cook half the time when i'm not working because i've just had to do so much cooking right i was going to ask you about that so so who cooks who cooks dinner for you guys? Like, what's My your story? Loves, I mean, she's always been the one to cook dinner, and and she still loves it. So she, okay. you know, she cooks dinner a lot of the time. But if I'm filming, I typically film like starting in the middle of the afternoon, so that like early evening the food is done, and and like we can like heat it back up a little bit and like have it with dinner or like be part of dinner or whatever. So Shane is a little bit of the beneficiary of this. Yes. It was, it was our neighbors and um and Shane okay. <laughs> and now it's my parents and Shane. Okay, cool. And then when it's an off day, mom's doing the cooking. Typically, or we'll have leftovers. We yeah. love leftovers. Nice, cool. Yeah. yeah, I don't. You know, I I, I don't enjoy cooking at home. <laughs> I do it out of like survival. It's for survival. For necessity. <laughs> yeah, because like, well, because most of my tools are usually at the restaurant, you know, like I'm particular about my knives and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so like my tools are always scattered all over the place. They're in different cities half the time. You know, my peelers in Nashville and my, you know, my steel is in Charleston and I'm like, it's just a, a mess. Right. So it's for often for me, cooking at home is not like the Zen dojo kind of cooking that I like to do in the restaurant. Right. And I, from, I would love to just like walk that into my time, like extra time mm-hmm. to just cook slowly, you know, right. and, and just enjoy the process. Do you think you could do that? Though? Like, could you, can you do that? Because you have an editor. I mean, you can let it take some time, right? For me, or is that just not something that's built into your, your programming? When I, when we were in Minnesota, I felt better about it because, you know, Shane doesn't really need to use the kitchen. It was our house, you know, but here I find myself like, you know, my dad stays in, in his office. My mom goes into her bedroom, you know. People are moving around your living room. Kitchen area is like typically off limits because I don't like people like banging around and making noise while I film. So I like to try to get it done, you know, as quickly as I can. But like, hey, Lindsay, you know how much time is left? I'm like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like top chef, that's some top chef shit right there. <laughs> Cooking to the clock. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not when when we move and we have our own house, I think it'll get easier until we have kids. And then I'm sure I'm just going to implode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is that in the cards? When's that when's that happening? Um, we are trying. We've been trying for a while. Um we had been trying for like six months or so. And then I found out that I had a giant tumor in my uterus. Um, it's called a fibroid. It wasn't cancerous, but it was like this big. And so they had to remove that. 
nothing pasta, like a pasta baby there or something there. i know well you know i thought <laughs> i mean, i don't know what i thought i didn't yeah. really see anything I'm like how did that even how was that in, inside of me uh and then it took my uterus like six months to heal from that you know before you're able to like start trying to conceive again gotcha. and then and then my brother passed and and so that was you know not the sexiest time um and so that it's been probably another like you know nine months that we've been trying we've had a lot of testing done there's nothing wrong with us but nope. it's interesting like if you look online and they're like well the longer you try the the greater your chances are of getting pregnant you know it's just like however that works mathematically but if yeah. you talk to somebody at a fertility clinic they say the exact opposite they're like oh the longer you try the less of a chance you have right you just gotta let it happen or whatever well that's what they say online but you go to fertility clinic they're like you cannot just let it happen every month that goes by your chances are going down you need to spend twenty five thousand dollars us to get you pregnant <laughs> of course you do <laughs> oh it'll happen well I'm 36 now and, you know, uh, technically geriatric. And no way. For real? For real. For for a woman to get, for me getting pregnant, I would be considered a geriatric pregnancy okay. at 36. Um, at, apparently 38 is really when things start to go downhill as far as like your chances are concerned, like your res egg reserve and all that. I'm sure this is really interesting for you. Fascinating. <laughs> I am fascinated. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm hoping that we can get this this ball rolling one way or another in the next like couple years. Yeah. So, what's what's the move? What's the move to Colorado like? So, you you mentioned that a couple times. We spoke briefly before we started. You've got some exciting things going on. Yeah. So, we have been designing a home. We're doing a custom home. Uh, for the past like six months and that that has just been a process and now we we've just finished designing and we're now going to the builder and the engineer who's got to finish the plans and we've got the architect and like now there's there's issues that we're trying to sort out um once that happens we've got to get like approvals from the town and the hoa and and then we can like break ground starting hopefully in like july or august nice well that's and coming up that's coming up that's not too long away. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think? What do you think your build out time is going to be? And more importantly, yeah. what is this kitchen setup going to be? Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. I just natural light is the biggest for me. Yeah. They said it's gonna take about nine months to finish. I think everything in construction is always delayed. So yeah. I'm thinking 14, you know, 14. Right. Months. Well, <laughs> with, with the construction loan, um, they want you to have it done in a year. Um, yeah. So from the time they give you the loan, you you have to be in within a year unless there's like some crazy circumstance. So nine to 12 months is how long it will take. And uh, our kitchen, so we have like, if this is our great room here, um, we've got our living room over here and the kitchen over here. And then the back of the house is hopefully going to be like all glass. There'll be like sliders at the living room. Our dining room is going to jut out from the kitchen and the living room and be a lot of glass. So it'll just be like we've got nothing behind us. It's like hills and mountains. And you're closer to the sun. We are closer to the sun. <laughs> where, where in Colorado? Uh, it's going to be between uh, Denver and Boulder in a town called Superior. Ah, uh, you know that we're open now, uh, Church in Union, Denver, later this year. Really? Yes, ma'am. Oh, awesome! Right, 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 right. It's like literally like three blocks up from Union Station. I love it. Yeah, uh, I, I know Tavernetta is. Yeah, is fantastic. There, which I love. <laughs> yeah, that that's one of our favorite. That's our favorite spot to go um, when we're there as a group. Like we've gone yeah. and done a bunch of you know recon. And Safta. There. Have you been to Safta? I have not been there yet, not but I'll hit it. But um, it's, you know, Alan Shia. Okay. Alan Shia, he owns Saba in New Orleans. Um, It's like Israeli. Mm -hmm. Just so good. Awesome. Fresh pita, 
the what what do they call it salatim the like the dips the baba ganoush and the hummus and he does like these amazing hummuses and labna and oh my gosh it's like some of my favorite food ever um definitely hit that up yes but the kitchen we're gonna have a a 10 foot island with nothing on it um we're doing the sink at the window um which is gonna have a pass through to like a little outdoor like kitchen area which i don't know if we're gonna do right away or not but that'll have like a nice big window, um, relatively high ceilings. And then on the other side of the house where the range is, we're going to actually have windows on either side of the range and then some cabinets. So it's going to be a lot of light let into the kitchen. Perfect for my filming situation. I hope there are some yeah. things trying to work out. And then we've got this amazing like butler's pantry slash second kitchen that's like comes off our our kitchen and connects to our mud room um and it's gonna have like tons of storage so i'm really excited awesome really excited. man that's yeah. so exciting it sounds like a lot of fun i hope we can afford it <laughs> i can fully relate to that what you what you're talking about right now um yeah. have you picked out all your appliances yet you know what your brands are going to be what what kinds of you know you doing gas you doing electric yeah. what is your gas Gas, well, gas cooktop. Um, I would love to have a thermidor. Uh-huh. Um, I wa I think kitchen. If anybody from Thermidor is listening, you guys need to <laughs> We need a sponsorship deal for Thermidor. Yeah. Sponsor me. Yeah. Um KitchenAid. I really I liked their oven and I think a fridge. Um, I think we're wanting to go with was it Bosch? Mm -hmm. dishwasher i think that that's like a pretty highly rated dishwasher Bosch is good yeah um i think that's like the extent of of what i know so far i feel very ahead of the game i've done so much research on what i want already i mean if your if your plans are not approved and you already kind of know what your your equipment's gonna look like that's pretty good yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think we've been going for about an hour. Is there anything else that I didn't ask you about that you want to talk about a little bit? Um, not really. There was one thing that I just wanted to acknowledge and and as just feeling grateful for it. And it's when I when I worked at at your restaurant, um, your business partner Patrick, he pulled me aside one day. He's like, Lindsay, I got to talk to you. Like, okay, what's what's up? What's going on? <clears throat> he sat down, he's like, What what are we doing here with with this blog thing? What's going on? What's your end game? You know, he he really cared. And yeah. he, he's like, What are you doing? Have a strategy, have a goal. What is your idea of success? Like he really just like kind of planted this seed of like going for it, you know? And so I just feel, you know we we all get put into different places at different times for a reason and i just felt grateful for having the opportunity to work at your restaurant and to 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 meet you and get to know you and and patrick and alejandro and everybody well not everybody alejandro and me um it was just a great experience and i'm i'm just really grateful so well i'm really excited for our paths to cross again um, you know, if, if, uh, we, we are opening in Miami, um, I think oh, I told really? you that, yeah, we're, we're working on the plans for Miami right now. So we'll be making a lot of trips down there. If we do cross bat, I'm going to hit you up and try to get a coffee or something. Um, and if not in Florida, definitely in Denver for Absolutely. sure. Yeah. 100%. We'll, That's we'll what you know, a church and union you're doing in, in Miami. Yeah. We're doing a church and union in Miami and then also in Denver. So, and those are, those are both under the, um, Denver is in the, um, kind of, uh, approval stage. All of our plans have been submitted and all that good stuff. Um, and we're just waiting to get started mm -hmm. and we're in the design phase in, um, in Miami. So we're moving fast. Um, we'll be spending a lot of time down there and, and hopefully we'll definitely cross paths. Yeah. When's your, uh, projected like opening for the, Oh, come on, Lindsay. I'm not. I'm I don't know. Restaurant. You guys don't have like a goal month or like in a year or two or so. So our current our current project, Ophelia, is in Nashville that we're hopefully opening next week. Um, we'll see. Was supposed to open in like March. Okay. 
So I'm not even going to speculate on dates. <laughs> like that's not a thing. Um, so we'll, we'll see, but yeah, but we'll, but we're moving as quickly as we can and we're pushing, you know, we're pushing the design stuff and it's just, there's so many moving parts that it's just, you know, it takes time to, to get everything in line. Cool. Well, I'm excited either way. You just let me know. Awesome. Last question for you. Yes. For any other young people wanting to get into um, a, a food uh, blog or vlog situation, what what would you recommend or what would you what would you tell them? Um, I would say that it's going to be difficult. It's difficult to start, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't start. Um, I think taking action and make writing um, actionable, manageable lists of the steps that you need to get to whatever your goal is, is super, super important. Um, and that a unique perspective um, is incredibly important and more important than it has been throughout the whole like existence of social media to just bring out your authenticity and what makes your, you special and your personality um, and just sort of package that all together and just put in the work, be consistent and, um, yeah, just do it to your best. You know, it's not for everybody, but I don't think that people should be discouraged because, because the space is saturated or, or whatever. There's always room for, for more people. Um, so why not? Awesome. Lindsay, thank you so much. Everybody check out the hunger diaries and, um, I'll talk to you soon. All right, Jamie. Thank you for having me on. All right, later.